no matter how they're formed, I think super teams have and always will be great for the NBA. If you're a fan of the Warriors, then life is great. It can't get any better. Or maybe it could with a few more championships. What the Warriors have done over the last four seasons, winning three championships, going to four finals, they're just the latest of a long list of NBA super teams. And while I know most fans don't think what the Warriors have done has been organic, let's not forget Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond were all drafted and all developed under the Warriors' banner. And I know adding KD through free agency seems unfair. But what they've done is just create the latest super team, not the only super team in history. Not every team can be as organic as, say, the Spurs with Duncan, Ginobili, Parker. Think about this for Duncan. He comes into the league. He plays with a veteran, David Robinson, and they're able to win two titles. The Spurs add Parker, add Ginobili. And then later, late in Duncan's career, they make a draft trade and they acquire the rights to Kawhi Leonard. What makes a super team? How do you look at a team and decide whether or not they're a super team? Is it bringing in two or three stars to formulate a team or formulate a core of players? Is it what the Heat did when they added Braun, when they added Bosch to Wade? I'm just trying to figure out how so many fans think that super teams or the concept of super teams is brand new when they've been around forever. In all but not every case, one element of a super team that most of these teams have is they have at least one superstar. One guy that the other players, even the other stars, can play off of when things aren't going quite to plan, like a LeBron James, like a Michael Jordan, like a Tim Duncan, or even a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. What about what Pierce, Garnett, and Allen were able to do over a four-year span? Now, granted, all three of them were a little bit older, but at one time or another, they were all franchise players. What makes a super team? Is it what Blake Griffin, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Jordan were able to do? I don't think so. In my opinion, this here's the thing. To be a super team, one, you can't just put up numbers and never win a title and never compete for a title. A super team to me is a team that not only came together, but came together and at least won or competed for multiple titles. So I'm thinking Bird Celtics. I'm thinking Magic Lakers. I'm thinking Duncan Spurs. I'm thinking even the Kobe Shaq Lakers. While there wasn't three superstars on that team, 
they didn't need three superstars. They had two superstars who at the time were probably the two best players in basketball. I'm thinking those kind of teams are super teams. LeBron's Heat were super teams. But not every super team is successful. If you, if you really want, look, what CP3, Chris Paul, Griffin, and Jordan did, what, what the three of them were able to do for the Clippers was amazing. It was exciting. It was fun to watch. But at the end of the day, they fell short. They didn't win titles. I think a long time ago, um, I remember Scottie Pippen going to Houston to play with Elijah Wan and Barkley and in name that looked like a super team. But because they were all older in game, it was anything but a super team. I'm hearing talk about the super team more and more over the last two or three years because in some ways, I guess, in some fans' eyes, it diminishes players. We don't diminish Larry Bird for having played with Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, Dennis Johnson, and Danny Ainge. We don't diminish him. We don't diminish Magic Johnson for playing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, Michael Cooper, Norm Nixon, Byron Scott, Bob McAdoo, Michael Thompson. We don't make less of Magic. His stature in our eyes isn't lessened by having played around great players. Tim Duncan isn't perceived to be less of a great player because he played with Ginobili and Parker and later Leonard. He also played with David Robinson. Isaiah played with Dumars, Rodman, Mark Aguirre, Adrian Dantley, Vinny Johnson, but we don't see him as less of a player, as less of an all-time great. I've heard people say that the 03-04 Pistons were a super team. I think that team is kind of like an anomaly. It's more exception than rule. That team was a great elite defensive team. And then they added to a team that already had Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Tayshaun Prince. They added Rasheed Wallace. And that move was the move that made them a title contender, a championship caliber team. But even then, I don't think that's what I would call. I wouldn't call that a super team. They were all really good players. And, some of them went to the all-star team multiple times, but I'm not sure any one player on that team was ever a franchise player. Rasheed Wallace had the talent to be a franchise player. He just never took himself to that next level. I remember when he was on that 99-2000 Blazers team that lost to the Lakers in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. Rasheed was unguardable. There was nobody on the Lakers that could match up to him. And the failure of the Blazers in game seven, they didn't get the ball to Sheed. That was part on the coaching, part on his teammates, but even more so on Sheed. He just didn't demand the ball. He didn't want it. As talented as Rasheed Wallace was, one of his strengths, which was being extremely unselfish, was kind of his weakness. It's kind of what kept him from becoming a superstar. But I digress. 
I guess my point is super teams have been around for a long, long time. And depending on how you want to define them or how you want to shape the narrative around them, get used to them. They're going to continue to be around and they might not be formulated the way you want them to be. But remember, if it's your team, it's not a bad thing. It's only some kind of crime against the game when it's another franchise. I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm a fan of the game first and foremost. But I admire what the Warriors general manager and front office has able was has been able to do with how he structured and built this team and how he continues to improve this team. I think what he's done, what Boston has done, should make everybody else step their game up. We're always talking about players getting better, improving, and, and diversifying on their skill sets. Maybe front offices just have some kind of offseason too. Maybe they need to work a little bit harder, scout a little bit better. Because what the Warriors have done, it's not something that any other franchise in the league couldn't have done. Remember, Steph wasn't taken number one. He was drafted behind Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn. Clay wasn't taken in the top five. He was drafted 11th. And Draymond was drafted 35th. Think about that. That means that every team in the league had a shot at him. And then a couple of more shots came before he got drafted. That's insane. So when I hear Michael Jordan, one of the greatest players, if not the greatest player of all time, say super teams have ruined the league. Now, nah, Mike, it's not the super teams that's ruined the league. It's bad ownership. It's bad management. That's what's ruining the league. Step your game up, Mike. Get your front office game up to par with the game that you had on the court. Yeah, I said it. Look, to borrow one of Rob Parker's lines, or at least I'll, I'll take a spin of one of the Rob Parker lines. Mike might be the GOAT as a player. But right now, he's the woke, worst owner all time. I'm just saying, let's not make excuses. If your franchise is a bottom dweller, if your franchise has been struggling for eight to ten years, that and if the talent isn't up to par, that's not the Warriors' fault or the Spurs' fault or the Celtics' fault. That's your front office's fault. Hold them accountable. In other, NBA new, in other NBA news, hey, salute to Manu Ginobili. Great career, headed straight to the Hall of Fame, one of the great competitors in NBA history. Four-time champion, two-time NBA All-Star, two-time All-NBA third team, six-man of the year, NBA All-Rookie second team. He's a EuroLeague champion. Ginobili's resume is long, it's impressive, and because it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, there's no question in my mind that Manu Ginobili will be a first ballot Hall of Famer because of his basketball resume. Salute, Manu. Going to miss you. I remember many times yelling and hating you because you were cutting my Lakers up. But as a basketball fan, 
You're a great competitor, a great ambassador to the game. Good luck in what you pursue outside of basketball. Also, I want to talk about something that I heard from Steph Curry, something that I thought was really impressive and really cool to hear. Steph said in a letter he penned to the Players' Tribute, I want our girls to grow up knowing that there are no boundaries that they can be placed on that can be placed on their futures. My bad. Period. I want them to grow up in a world where their gender does not feel like a rule book for what they should think or be or do. And I want them to grow up believing that they can dream big and strive for careers where they'll be treated fairly. And of course, paid equally. He added later, because every day is when the cape, the, the pay gap is affecting women. And every day is when the pay gap is sending the wrong and sending the wrong message to young women about who they are and how they're valued and what they can or cannot be. I think this is going to shift a lot of people's perspective. I think what Steph said was really important. I think I'd like to see more athletes step out and speak on this in this kind of way with this kind of passion or compassion. Good looking out, Steph. I feel you on every word you said, fam. If I sound a little over the top or I'm getting ahead of myself with my words, it's because I'm really hyped today. It's my youngest daughter's birthday and I can't wait for her to see her gift. I mean, I'm as excited as she's going to be. Maybe I'm more excited. Maybe that's why I'm so pumped up. Um, I'm probably going to do a show later on tonight with H. Hopefully he'll be available. If not, that's fine. And I don't normally do Facebook responses on a Wednesday, but somebody posed a question or not a question. He just made a statement. He said, Kobe Bryant is the most overrated player in NBA history. How can he be a great, an all time great when all he was was someone that got carried by Shaq before Shaq uh, left the Lakers. So I'm not going to say the person's name, but this is what I'll say to this. That's one of the most, I've heard that said many times about how Shaq carried Kobe. Shaq's a great player. And there's no question, on those Lakers team, Shaq was the dominant player. But he didn't carry Kobe Bryant. In their rook, in his rookie, not his rookie year, but their first time heading to the finals, in their first playoff run, Shaq averaged 30 points, 15 rebounds, Kobe 21 and 4. In their second run, Shaq averaged 30 points. Kobe averaged 29. In their third and final title that completed the three-peat, Shaq averaged 28 points. Kobe averaged 26. And we all know how dominant an offensive player Shaq could be. But he was never the defender that Kobe was. So while Shaq deserves all the credit for winning those three finals MVPs, the journey that led to them getting to the finals, Kobe was as big a part as Shaq was. And that's something that should be acknowledged. So, no, I don't agree that Shaq carried Kobe Bryant. I believe what you had was 
two superstars that played off of each other to perfection over a three-year period. Maybe they weren't the best of friends, but when they got on the floor, the results were titles. So for everybody out there listening, oh, real quick. Um, Derek, good looking out on the voice message, man. You were the first one. The only problem is it was breaking up. Maybe you were moving when you were speaking into it and it cut you off anyway. Um, just so you know, or just so everybody out there knows, the voice messages, you can only go a minute. That's all the time you have. So try to keep your questions or your response a little bit shorter, or at least time yourself. So it's the cipher. I had a blast, y'all. Facebook fam, good looking out. I see a lot of responses. Can't I will get to those on Monday. I can't promise I'm gonna get to all of them. I appreciate I appreciate everything. Everything you guys do. And Derek, try again, man. Really. It's the cipher. Next time.